Hashtag hello and welcome. My name is the Alpha Female and you are listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Whoa! G'day, Maddie's Bushwhacker Luke here. 2015 Hall of Famer. And you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Yeah! Whoa! This is pro wrestling's only modern day Viking gunner and you're on Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, this is Nick Magnus Tolders and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hi, this is Leva Blue Pants Bates. Hey, this is Jeff Jarrett, the king of the mountain and founder of Global Force Wrestling. And you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, fellas, uh, you guys have a great day. And and this is only because I'm talking to Canadians. It is actually spitting snow in Tennessee. Oh, my God. We've had 70 degree weather here. We really had a warm December. And I get on the phone with damn Canadians and we're spitting snow. Do everything turn 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 this is a podcast turn 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 what happens when you turn you go 360 full circle and that is where we are today episode number 360 i'm carl carafel alongside chris best and omd as we go full circle with turnbuckle talk gentlemen that was probably a little bit of a shock and oh my god let me take off my headphones moment for you but uh here we are i hope you guys are well i am i am it was uh, another fairly relaxing day today at work um as you know i had a long day on the highway yesterday Mm. um so not gonna complain and excited to of course be here and talk some wrestling mr best yeah um opposite of omd mine was very busy had a technician show up at my door nine o'clock this morning and i've been strictly in the editing suite since then so putting together everything for the show (laughs) 9 a.m that's early i mean i was up early too i was at work though yeah another 12 hour days i wanted to get my situation with the cable sorted out as fast as possible you know of course of course Bobby, good to see you. Thank you for stopping in. We appreciate you and Mr. Chris Parrish in the chat as well. Good to have both of you here. Thank you. Chris Best, you sent me a large number of topics today. What do we got on the docket? Oh, geez. Um, We've got a plethora of topics to discuss here. Um, what do you say we uh, go to Florida? Got some TNA news for everybody here. Um, okay. gonna start off with uh something we've already been covering. We've talked about Scott Demore's firing. Well, now it seems that uh, several TNA stars are not happy about this. A, a huge, a very lengthy letter was sent to Anthem Sports and Entertainment regarding their displeasure over Scott Demore's firing. And there was a lot of, uh, a lot of words there. I barely could read through it all. Um, anonymously anonymous. Yes. Anonymous wrestlers sent this out. And now those wrestlers are ticked off because that letter got leaked as well. Um, this is something that we knew was going to happen. We knew that there was going to be people who have that uh, allegiance to Scott Demore. It's the same right. thing 
like with Rossi Ogawa over in uh in stardom. A number of wrestlers had an allegiance with him. What do you guys make of all this that's going on right now? Because this is a big hit on TNA, I think. Um, from having read the letter in its entirety, um, I thought it was worded masterfully. Mm-hmm. Um, they they did voice their displeasure, but they were not hostile about it. Right. They simply requested a meeting. They said, you know, we don't have all of the facts. We get one side, the other side, and somewhere in the middle is the truth. So I get it. They pledged their loyalty. They've stood up. Now, for the fact that the letter was leaked, I can understand them being extremely upset. Uh, Was it Anthem that leaked it? Was it Les who they referred to? I can't remember his last name. Um, Or was it just that a dirt sheet got a hold of it and then everybody else picked it up? Somehow, some way, it would have had to have been leaked by somebody. Um, a dirt sheet wouldn't just have access to that. So we know that it was someone, and who that someone is uh, doesn't really matter at this point. What matters is the displeasure that has come to the forefront from the workers, from the employees of TNA with Anthem with what has happened and what has transpired now it's very difficult to really talk about these things because these are very personal things uh like you said the letter was very masterfully written it was a uh, poetic in a just a poetic justice not an injustice but a poetic justice of words that came together on a page my issue comes in at the end of things where it has been said that anthem is willing to discuss the matter with those who are not happy and looking to leave the company Okay, but wait. Yeah, but uh, wait. that was, yeah, that was the next subject I was going to bring up because <laughs> there was nothing about um, any, any talent resigning or asking for their release. Right, there was not. It, this is just a matter of, I guess, the heads kind of going. Well, if they're not happy, then they can just leave. Yep. Okay, but let's not go to that type of hostility when it comes to uh, the displeasure that has been brought forth from your employees, that would be like one of my employees coming up to me and saying, I'm unhappy in this situation and with how things are being done at this site, um, you know, in a security type of detail, right. and me going, you don't like it. There's the door. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. That is not how a manager does things let's sit down let's discuss things and it may come and know that it may come to a to a a culmination of well i'm sorry that's how you feel but this is the decision that's been made and this is how it it is going to be could be the outcome that comes out of this for you but at least that conversation was had 
and thoughts, mm-hmm. opinions, and feelings were all taken into account and shared to see if a resolution could come to it. Um, I love Scott. Scott yeah. is an amazing guy. He has done so many good things when it comes to uh, you know keeping TNA or uh, you know Impact Wrestling or whatever you want to call it, keeping it alive. Yes. I remember back when we started this podcast, me and Joe, we had where Joe was like, I no, I I can see, you know, impacts not lasting very, very much longer because of the direction that things are going. For mm-hmm. it to still continue today. Yep. One hundred percent I credit it to Scotty, to Scott Demore. Does it suck? Yes. But at the end of the day, it's business as well. And we don't know where they're looking to take business further from here. No, exactly. We know the, like, I mean, we can't even say we know. We've heard the reports that Scott Dumore approached Anthem to purchase. How true right. that was, again, we don't know. Right. Um, the other thing that I want to question ask with this letter, mm-hmm. and I know this is a sore subject, is how do you create a union in wrestling without creating a union in wrestling? That's the million right. dollar question there. Um, but what I think TNA needs to do in this situation is take what Triple H used to do back when Vince McMahon came on board, back on board uh, to help sell the company. Remember how much a lot of there was a lot of upset wrestlers, a lot of discourse in the locker room at that time. Mm-hmm. TNA needs to do that with their talent right now and say, look, guys, this is the path we're going on. Um, just trust the process. Yeah. Just trust where we're going with this. We've got something good coming your our way, you know? Yep. As long as you have a company and a management team that is going to be open and transparent with the employees of that company, because as much as we love to talk really amazing things about professional wrestlers at the end of the day, they're still employees. When I was Mm. wrestling, I was an employee of that booker at that time. Yeah. That's what I was. Right. So it's business. And as long as, you know, there's transparency and everybody knows what's going on and is on the same page with things, things will run a lot smoother. Um, Not necessarily that, you know, the company has to say, hey, this is the reason why Scott was fired or anything like that, but they could share their focus and their direction moving forward with everyone and just kind of bring mm-hmm. it back to, and unfortunately, Mr. Demore, uh, you know, did not share those or was not part of that vision as well. Something like along those lines, that's right. all that needs to be done, but they need to kind of be on the same page. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, like, even when Vince came back on board last year, we still saw a couple of departures. Eric Young was one of them. Mm-hmm. And I know Eric Young's going to stay with TNA. Because <laughs> absolutely do TNA through and through. I mean, I love you. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a rocky period for TNA right now. But try, and I'm going to say this to the boys who, if you are listening, it will get better for you guys. Just you got to listen to what the management's telling 
telling you yeah. the management though you guys have to like you said be uh like you said carl be transparent with everybody tell them what's going on with the company make them aware yeah of where they're going yeah at the end of the day it's a business and that's what needs needs to be done um mm -hmm. the professional wrestling shows are run as a business and that we need to keep things as a business for sure um yeah i'm gonna stop because i've ranted enough on it <laughs> yeah um but we know uh yeah let's move on let's stay in tna but let's move on here um to a man who won't be departing tna anytime soon as tna has gone ahead and extended josh alexander's contract mm. um it says here TNA exercises the option uh, exercises contract option for Josh Alexander. Uh, Sports Illustrated has learned that uh, because of the fact that uh, Josh Alexander was out for a lengthy amount of time because of a triceps tear forced him to relinquish the title. TNA was actually a little bit unsure about him coming back, but then right. that match with Alexander Hammerstone made them turn around. I met with Alexander Hammerstone at uh, Hard to Kill. Yep. And then the next made night. Go Will Ospreay. <laughs> yeah, and then the next night with Will Ox Osprey. So they're like, okay, well, we're going to extend the contract for another year. That's the reports that I'm seeing. Okay. Um, um, I knew he had signed an extension when his contract came up the last time, and he went off into free agency. Um, I am not a big fan of these contract freezes when somebody gets injured and then, okay, well, we're going to tack another six months onto your contract or, you know, we've got nothing for you for three months. So you, while you're sitting at home or you're in catering, but we're going to tack that on when we've got something for you. I am not a big fan of that. I think that the talent in that situation should be able to say, okay, I've served my 90 day, no compete, whichever company it is. Okay. But that just to me, yeah, yeah go ahead. That go just, ahead, that just to me sounds like OMD that you said you're, you're saying they're not, you're not a fan, fan of wrestlers being employed. That's what it sounded like to me. <laughs> No, I am, but I want them to be able to have their options so that, you know, if something like that comes up and they can have an opportunity elsewhere, they can go and take that. There are some circumstances where I am okay with it. Others just seem a little ludicrous. Um, like you said, if somebody's sitting and catering because creative doesn't have anything for them, that's not their fault. Right, mm -hmm. that's not their fault at all. They have they have the, the the body there. They can use them. They have chosen not to use them, so there should be nothing in a, a contract extension in that type of a situation. But if you yeah. have signed a contract to work a certain amount of time over a certain amount of dates, and you you are now injured and you're out with injury, that I can understand because you have technically not fulfilled that right. number of dates or that amount mm -hmm. of time so in that respect i agree with it yes it would be the same as if you hired a contractor to do you know your home 
to do uh, repairs in your home. And the contractor said, you know what? It's going to be this amount of money for three months. Mm-hmm. And for a month out of those three, they're laid up injured. Well, you're by all means, you're going to be like, well, you're better now. So you owe me that month. You need to come and fi- finish this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same, same respect when it comes to uh, the worker, whether this person, this contractor has another gig that's three times more the amount of money doesn't matter. Right. Because right. you did, you made this contract. Yep. So that I understand and get, but if they're just sitting there because creative has nothing for them, uh-uh, not happening. Yeah. that At that point, that's, I can see like, if you're just sitting in catering or sitting at home, then maybe uh, cut ties with that wrestler. I mean, I remember JTG sitting at home for nine months, went through three release uh, massive uh, releases before they finally cut him. Yeah. And I remember him going on like Facebook and Twitter and saying, well, sitting at home again, not doing a thing, collecting a paycheck. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But as far as Josh Alexander getting extended, I kind kind of expect that to happen because I mean let's face it Josh Josh Alexander's talented as hell. Oh he is. <laughs> any oh, yeah. any company that takes him once it because he's going free agent after the year. I understand from what I understand he may not be renewing. Right. Any company that snags him would be very lucky to have him. <laughs> Absolutely. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, congratulations to T, uh, for to Josh Alexander on getting that extension to his contract. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually renews at some point as well. I wouldn't either. I mean, TNA was where he wanted to be. I could see him being the mm-hmm. Sting, the Undertaker, that guy that's loyal to that company. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Bobby Stats has got it right. Josh Alexander is one of their top dudes right now. So, the top dude. Yeah, the top dude, and TNA knows it. Yeah, right. They know it, so that is why they have. Uh, that's another reason why they have decided to invoke this extension uh, that they are more than entitled to uh, for that reason. For Josh Alexander, simply put, mm-hmm. because he is that good. Yeah, I mean, what more can you say about him other than he is that damn good, as RVD used to say, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but what do you say uh, we move over to the Fed right now? Because there's a big story coming out of Anaheim, and I'm not talking about last night's Raw but I'm talking about TKO in the UFC as a whole. They signed a five-year deal that will allow multiple events to be held at the, at the I'm going to say the pond because I know it's called the Honda Center, but I know it as the pond in Anaheim. Multiple events over the years. What do you guys think of this deal, UFC and WWE doing this? Brilliant on their part. It's a secured facility. Mm-hmm. I believe it's three events per year each. Yeah. Um, they did touch on it last night on Raw. 
Um, that they did. And, and UFC also had an event in Anaheim on Saturday. So, yes. And I mean, it was so, and that was the first time that that venue has hosted UFC WWE back to back. But I think that is a stroke of genius on the part of the Honda Center, on the part of TKO. Yeah, I it's was gar- almost guaranteed revenue for everybody. Yeah. When I first read about the deal, though, I was skeptical about it at first because I thought it was going to be just like WWE setting up SummerSlam in Los Angeles like they did for, like what was it, like six years? Right. But as I read deeper into it, I'm actually quite fine with that, holding like an event like in February, then going back to Anaheim in July, and then maybe do one in September or something like that. I'm fine with that. But Carl, what do you make of this deal? I think it's a it's a it's an okay thing to do. Um, it'll be interesting to see if any other cities decide to try to take them up on this offer as well, mm-hmm. or try to you know kind of sweeten the deal a little bit for them to do a, a similar thing. If that starts to happen, we're screwed. Yeah, then because we, then we we're might never well going to get world. anything anywhere else, right? And yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think Chris, you were you were about to say you may as well take the word "world" out of there. Out, of, yeah. <laughs> but it could happen that, like Australia says, listen, this was absolutely fantastic. Elimination Chamber was glorious. We want to do, you know, two two times a year. Have you guys here? Something like that, right? Yeah, yeah it but could then, be just yeah, it could be just like uh, the Saudi Arabia deal, right? Right. Except- but then it's. It, it, right now we're subjected to just that one city right Mm -hmm. so now in the united states if more cities decide that they want to start doing this exact same thing with tko um it's not going to be it's it's going to be a traveling show but it's not going to be a traveling show because they're only going to be rotating between these certain markets yep because there's only 365 days in the year that they can do shows yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's a good thing to test out. And but I don't think that it's a good thing for them to do in multiple cities in a year. Right. Right. Now, if they've done five years, okay, cool. They got a five-year deal right now with this one city, the city of Anaheim. Okay. After the five years, see how good that was. See how profitable it was to do Mm -hmm. business with Anaheim. If it was profitable, then do a year by year with a different city. Right. Yeah. So, like, say they wrap up their six shows this year. Maybe do New York City next year or and then Toronto or something like that. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) I just I worry that it's going to get to a point where they're only going to be going th- through to these uh, uh, major places that have yeah. essentially bought their services already. Yep. Mm-hmm. And people that are okay. So Canada is big. For those of you that don't know, Canada is a large country, and it's not like oh we're going to run in Toronto, right? 
It's not like, hey, we're going to run in Toronto and that's super easy for everybody because it's really not. Hey, we're going to run in Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, yeah, that's about, mm, what, 28 hours away from where I am right now? Yeah. Like, that's not just a hop, skip, and a jump and like, hey, let's take a little road trip and go to Vancouver. That That doesn't happen. So no, we're, we're looking at a couple like, thousand cool. dollars in flight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So for us, is is it really worth it? it? It wouldn't be here for us in this area, for us in Northern mm. Ontario, at least. To Toronto, sure. Barrie, gotcha. Kitchener, okay, cool. Right? Even Montreal, um, you know, they gone to Montreal, Quebec. Uh, that's, that's close enough as well. Uh, you know, it's about 13 hours, which isn't too, too bad. Ottawa. You know, Winnipeg, Winnipeg is like 16 hours. Okay, yep. cool. Right? That's still not terrible. It's doable. That's my concern. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, I kind of see where you're going with that, Carl, because I get a feeling that uh, if this, if they were to do this with multiple cities within one year, it's going to get to a point where we on the Raw Patrol are going to be like, okay, uh february 20th raw oh they're in they're gonna be in chicago like we're gonna yeah. know right away you know <laughs> yeah and we're gonna know and that's perfectly fine for us to know mm -hmm. but what about the people that could have had that show somewhere else yeah yeah like are, uh, are a majority of them gonna travel now to chicago knowing that it's going to be in chicago probably not Right. Yeah, like the the people like when Raw goes to the lesser known cities like Lexington when they were there last week, mm -hmm. or when they go to say Little Rock, Arkansas, or um, you know, right. And yeah, the big and, kind of thing, Tuck Two or something. Yeah, yeah. And as you're touching on, like if they're if they do enter into this, it's going to be come less and less profitable for everybody because the fans are going to get tired of. Well, okay, we're getting WWE again. We just had them a month ago. Right. Now we're getting Raw, SmackDown, and a pay-per-view this week. So which one do I want to attend? And that's exactly what happened with LA and SummerSlam. It was just fatigue from having the same event every year. Not just for the fans that were going to the building, but for all of us watching on pay-per-view at home. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Then they went to the Barclays Center the following after those five years and did three years there. And I actually liked the Barclays Center. So that was a nice change of pace when they switched up to that venue. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, yes. But yeah, uh, it, this is kind of a double-edged sword, really. So I do agree with you, Carl. I do think that if they do this, it should be one city a year, like this year or whenever this uh, deal starts. Start it with Anaheim. Maybe move to why not why not go to London in the United Kingdom and do it there too? That's right? the other side. That's the other piece of the puzzle here is if they do this with multiple cities on our side of the world, that leaves everybody over in Europe, everywhere else, that leaves them screwed big time. Mm -hmm. It does. It does. Exactly. Right? Like mm -hmm. that's yeah. That's you know, kind of what I'm getting at. It's, yeah, you, is yeah. You take the world out of world wrestling entertainment, and you're looking at all of this international flavor that they have attracted in the last two years. 
I mean, mm. we've got the Elimination Chamber from Australia this coming Saturday. Morning. In in two months, we're going. They're going to France for Backlash. And then we got Bash in Berlin in May. And that's not to discredit Crown Jewel or Super Showdown or whatever they may do in Saudi Arabia this year. Right. Or even, well, even Money in the Bank in Toronto as well. I mean, we're still yeah. kind of on the international side of things when it comes to WWE up here in Canada. We are. I mean, we don't mm. look at it as international because we're North American. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, like I said, this this is a bit of a double-edged sword. I'm a little bit excited about this uh, deal. But on the flip side, I also am worried about this deal. Um, yeah. yeah. What do you guys say? Uh, let's, uh, let's move on to um, another story. A story that broke, actually, last week while we were doing Turnbuckle Talk. And that's uh, Shotzi. Shotzi Blackheart suffering a major, uh, what was it, MCL tear in her knee? I looks like she's was, going for. I think it was both. Looks ACL. like she's going for. Yeah. Looks like she's going for surgery again because this isn't the first time she's had this injury. No, it's not. Our thoughts and, pr- our thoughts and prayers are with you, Shotzi. Uh, we got differing opinions on your in-ring style, but we do wish you to come back. Um, she was actually set up to do something big on SmackDown. Well, and she was she was actually supposed to take on Tiffany Stratton. Yep. Yeah, it's Tiffy time. <laughs> um, but she got pulled from that match, and she she was actually pretty upset about that too because she saw yeah. herself as being the one to put over these. Uh, up and coming talents right now. Yeah, she's trying to take on that new role of Bailey. Um, that match is, um, yes, thank you, Bobby. Um, she actually did have the surgery this afternoon. Yes. Um, and the match where she gets injured, we will see tonight on our televisions on the NXT taping. Um, so I just like. I'm hoping for her sake it wasn't, you know, I mean, we know it's a gruesome injury when it's a torn ligament in the knee. Mm. Um, But yeah, all the best to Shotzi. Get well soon. So this is coming straight from her. And as someone who uh, has torn everything. We got to fix that leg somehow. As someone who has torn everything. Yeah, I... Sorry, I, I I hit something on my computer and it caused me to lag. You got me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're just behind. <laughs> I guess not. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I was trying to say that um, as someone who has torn everything in their knee, it took me six months before I could even go to rehab to fix my knee before everything was recovered. So I was total nine to ten months before i could even get back to work so this uh we talked about the contract extension before uh, earlier with josh alexander kind of hope that uh, Shotzi gets that deal as well 
So this is coming straight from her Instagram. It says, I tore my ACL, which means I'll be out of action for about nine months. Thank you to everyone who has checked up on me, and I'm sorry I haven't responded. I am just extremely devastated and angry. Some of you know I've been through a lot these last few years, and it has been so hard to keep up with what I think is expected of me, and honestly, my mental health had been at an all-time low. But I've pushed through, and I was feeling motivated and like myself again. I was hoping to go to NXT to prove to myself again, earn some respect, build back my confidence, and start putting the heartache from the last two years behind me. I feel defeated right now, but I'm simultaneously feeling the most motivated I've ever been. I have been through way worse. I've watched my sister, who is fighting cancer, fight tougher battles. I'm just taking this as a sign to slow down. I didn't take time off when both my stepdad and my dad passed, and that really affected me. Now I'm looking forward to coming back, not just physically stronger, but mentally also. That's straight from Shotzi's Instagram post. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if I'm Shotzi right now, uh, she's going to be doing a lot of the recovering right now. This is her time to reflect on, like, because you had uh, she mentions there losing her uh, her her two father figures in life. This is her time to reflect on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I wish all the best for you, Shotzi. Really do. Yeah. Oh, yes. Get well soon. And get back in our rings. Yeah, I... To be fair, when she came back from her last uh, knee injury, I was happy to see her back. I was looking forward to seeing her coming back. Because one of my favorite things is her entrance to the ring on that tank. I think it's badass a little bit. Oh, right? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But kind of, I'm sorry I had to bring you guys down with that news story. But uh, I mean, there's nothing more you can really do when you tear your knee. She's actually going to Birmingham, Alabama. To, or she went to Birmingham, Alabama, which they have like the best doctors for that kind of, uh, for that yeah. kind of surgery. Yes. So fingers crossed she comes back a lot sooner than the nine months right could could possibly yep yeah well i mean the fact that they've got charlotte and charlotte's you know six weeks ahead of pay ahead of schedule yeah why right yeah as much as i don't like charlotte she is a bit of a machine though she uh pushes herself a lot you know absolutely but um i kind of hope that we get that out of Shotzi. Yep, because I guarantee you right now because of that and what she said on her on her post there, she's got to have that hunger to come back now, you know? Oh, yeah. And it sounds like she does, to be honest. It really mm -hmm. does. It sounds like she is definitely taking this time to um, heal both physically and mentally, uh, which I think is absolutely fantastic for her. Um and I'm really, really hoping that 
she can take that time and maybe be able to go through and do the grieving that she needs to, that she didn't get to do before. Yes. Maybe she comes back at the rumble next year. That would be a great opportunity for her. I think. Yeah. 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 That would, that would be a, nine months from now yeah royal rumble would be the optimal spot for her to come back Mm -hmm. definitely but yeah uh and speaking of coming back this one kind of came out from left field for me because i didn't think this was going to happen but uh we've got a certain somebody who is all elite again that being one QT Marshall. He's coming back. He's returning to his VP position in AEW. I don't know what, what to make of this. Yeah, I I'm confused by this myself. I really thought, and I told Carl this this afternoon. I really thought he was going to follow Cody to the WWE. I really did. I think, I think we all did. Um we know that the door was left open for him in AEW. Um, in this capacity, he is just returning in that office role. He will not compete in AEW. But he right. will still be able to go and compete for the other companies that he is a part of. Um, this came right on the heels of Rocky Romero taking the office position in AEW. Mm-hmm which Rocky Romero is going to be acting as a liaison between CMLL, New Japan, AEW. And I believe that QT is taking on the VP role and he is working in the talent scouting as well as the training department, but can still go and work his other promotions. There's a massive positive to this, actually, that I thought about when reading the article this now expands where the students from the nightmare factory can uh can go or will at least have that someone there that can help get them into the ww uh into the major leagues of pro wrestling because now we've got qt and aew we've got cody and wwe so cody can speak for wrestlers to come to the wwe from the nightmare factory as can qt for AEW. So it's kind of a positive for those guys, for those people coming up in that school. That's true. That's very, very true. Um, nice, nice way to, to, to see the positive out of this situation. Um, as a businessman, from my standpoint, I'm looking at this going, did nobody else want you? is like what's what's wrong with you yeah yeah you know everybody says oh yeah the door the door is always open for you to come Mm -hmm. back if if you ever want to but we're not expecting it to be in like three weeks right yeah we're expecting like maybe three years down the road maybe but after three weeks and and you're coming back and going oh did you think i could uh give him a job back and no word of a lie, and no word of a lie, viewers. When I sent the story to Carl, what he just said was his exact words to me. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it is. Like, did no one else want him? What is wrong with him that no one else wanted him? Right. Um, that's my question. And like, yeah, Bobby, as as OMD and Chris said, they thought as well that uh, he was going to be going to the WWE with Cody. Um, because I, I really think that if he did go to the WWE, he brings with him a wealth of uh, pro wrestling knowledge. I really think he would have been beneficial in doing tra- helping train over at the PC. Yeah. Oh, guaranteed. I, gu- I, don't I guarantee know. him, Steve Carino, Shawn Michaels, and William Regal, and Matt yeah. Bloom all there. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Talk about a dream team of trainers. <laughs> yep. But all, all, all in all, like I'm happy QT does have a job again. Is it with a company that I? It's not with a company that I really care for. But <laughs> I really thought that uh, I thought when he left too, I thought he was going to take a lot of time and really put his all behind the Nightmare Factory, and he has been. He has been outside of AEW, outside of his other ventures, right? Hmm. So I do have an article going back to when this first came up on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Marshall has resolved his prior disagreements with AEW leading to his reappointment to the VP position he previously held. Uh, he will not be participating as an active wrestler, but he retains the liberty to compete in other promotions with the exception being WWE. Um, He officially signed the new contract with AEW a few weeks back. His initial departure in late 2023 was attributed to conflicting creative directions for the future of AEW. So that sounds like he came groveling back going, "Um, you were right, I was wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. um, You maybe can... um, uh, uh, I, I, um, this is, uh, really hard for me to say, but, um, uh, in AEW goes, yeah, you know what, just, just don't worry about it. Just get back in here and do whatever. Like, just yeah, keep your nose to the grindstone. Just shut I, up and do it. Do what we tell you to do. I mean, based yeah. off that, did he really have to leave AEW? Couldn't he have just asked for some time off to reflect on these changes? Did we you not know, just, did we not just have this discussion with TNA early, uh, earlier in the show? Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, I think I think this here though is that QT was not happy with the direction that AEW was going, and he said, um, "You know, I'm not happy with what you're doing, so I cannot be part of this." Right. And they were like, "If you can't be part of this, then that's fine. You go and explore what else is out there." He went to explore what else was out there, found that there is nothing else out there for him, and came back like. "Mm." I'm sorry. Yeah. That's, it's that's like how that it uh, feels to me. I could right. be very wrong, but that's just how how it feels to me. Right. It's like that episode of The Simpsons where Homer comes groveling back to Mr. Burns. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah. I'm still trying to look at the positive here. I do wish QT the best. 
I gotta, I'm, I'm a positive person. I'm trying to stay positive these days. <laughs> um, I am most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time. My question is, did QT really even look to see what other opportunities were out there for him? Because I really do feel like there were, and he just wasn't looking hard enough and reaching out to people who could help him get something. I don't know. That could be too. That could very well be where he was just like, oh, I'm going to show them. I'm going to leave and then I'm going to just not do anything and come back and be like, see? I don't know. Yeah. It's a possibility. It's a terrible yeah. possibility, but it's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, it is. But why don't well, let's move on from uh, QT Marshall. Let's uh, talk about uh, what's going to happen this Saturday morning for us. 5 a.m. Eastern in Australia. I'm going to try to stay awake for this. I don't know if Go I'm to bed going to be early. able to. Best yeah. of luck to you. Pun intended. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> All right. But we're going to talk about our thoughts and predictions on the Elimination Chamber. I think this is going to be, it's stacking up to be a very fantastic show. But why don't we go through this match by match for what we have, what matches have been announced so far. There are four matches on the card, two of them being Elimination Chambers. We've got the Men's Elimination Chamber featuring Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, Bobby Lashley, LA Knight, Kevin Owens, and Logan Paul. What do you guys got taking that one? Putting us on the spot in super quick early. I, I'm gonna I'm going yeah. Drew. Drew. <laughs> um yeah, considering that this is gonna be a match for a opportunity at the world heavyweight championship at Mania XL. I would have to say that it only makes sense that it would be Drew McIntyre given storylines that we've been seeing already. Um, so for Drew to win this would be understandable. But mm -hmm. if they want to throw a little bit of maybe a wrench into things, I could see it being an L.A. Knight. And yeah. uh, maybe L.A. Knight finally uh, getting a little bit more recognition like he deserves. Right. See, I have LA Knight eliminating Logan Paul to set up that match at WrestleMania. Okay. So you're thinking uh, uh, LA Knight and Logan Paul for the U.S. Championship at Mania? Yep. Okay. I'm going, I'm with you, boys. I've got Drew uh, as my winner. My second pick would probably have to be Randy Orton, but Ooh. I do see Orton getting eliminated at the hands of the bloodline. I don't know how, but I feel like Solo gets involved and we build Solo and Orton at Mania. Okay. Um, I do see Drew taking it. I do. Uh, I've been mulling this over in my head uh, since Logan Paul won the match, but I do see him being the guy who does the big spot of the match. The big spot that would eventually lead to his elimination because he will still land it but he'll still get hurt somehow maybe from it 
Right. Right. And OMD, I didn't even put two and two together, but I do see LA Knight doing the elimination, just as you had said just now. Um, however, who else did I? Oh, I feel like with Bobby Lashley being Kevin Owens could very well also be the one who eliminates uh, Logan Paul. And we could also build to that as well. I'd be fine we with either or. We absolutely could. Um I'm with you on Randy Orton as the second pick. I don't think the bloodline gets involved there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, I do see Randy probably being in the final two. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you've still got that history from Drew and Randy before Randy's injury. Yeah. Right. But if you look at the way they're booking Drew these days, they're booking him really strong. They are. I mean, that match last night with Cody, yep. fantastic match. It was. Yeah. It really feels like they're gunning for him to be co- to take on Seth uh, for the World Heavyweight Title. Yes. The my least favorite pick out of this match, and I'd be shocked if he won, is Bobby Lashley. To be honest with you. It yeah. kind of just feels like right now he's just a place filler until carry until he actually gets his match with Karrion Cross. Yeah. Uh, but let's uh, let's move on to the other matches. Let's talk about uh, the tag team titles are going to be on the line. We've got the Judgment Day, Finn Balor, and Damian Priest taming, uh, defending their titles against the New Catch Republic. That being Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne, of course, winning that tournament to get this shot at the title. Um, Carl, I'm going to start with you. Who's your pick to take this one? Sure. First, I want to answer Bobby. Um, Lashley and Logan Paul are who I want to see go number one and number two, or like to start the mm-hmm. the, the, the matchup in the men's elimination chamber. Okay. Uh, to answer your question, Bobby, I've got KO. And Orton. I kind of want to see Logan in that start too, but with KO. Okay. And I think I think Logan. Uh, I know I call it the Iron Man spot in the Royal Rumble, but why not? Why don't we call it the Iron Man spot for the Elimination Chamber? I feel like he goes the longest before he actually, before yep. KO finally gets the one up, or LA Knight finally gets the one up on him. Yep, I'm a hundred percent with you there, Chris. Interesting. Now, when it comes to the tag team matchup, um, clearly it's going to be the Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even know that Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate were being called the New Catch Republic. So that tells you how new of a thing that this is. Um, yeah, they've only been tag teaming for like a two months, maybe. Right. Right, but I didn't even know that they actually had a name for their group together. I thought yeah. they were just Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate, like they always have been. Um, so I don't see them taking those championships just yet. Yet. Keywords there, keywords there. <laughs> okay. See, and I've got the opposite. I actually have Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate winning them you're a crazy man because we've got 
Uh, this week on SmackDown, we do have Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne facing JD and Dom. Mm-hmm. So, depending on that, it would take could essentially knock those two out of the equation, making it a two-on-two match. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've got I've got NCR winning the tag belts. That way, you can now start to have Priest focus on the Money in the Bank briefcase. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, um, I've got Judgment Day taking this one because right now they're building DIY as the top tag team to become the top tag team. DIY, I think, is going to be the team that takes the tag titles from Finn and Damien at WrestleMania. Okay. So right now for the Judgment Day, Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate it's just it's just a stopgap feud until they get to until they get to DIY. It could build to something more. Maybe we see Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate ask to be put into the tag title match at at Mania, and it becomes a triple threat, perhaps. Right. Um, see, I think I think the way you're going is we're looking at potentially a tag team turmoil or a tag team gauntlet match. Or do what they did last year and have the tag team showcase, but for the but it, but instead put the tag team titles in involved. Right. <clears throat> but I do see Judgment Day taking this so that they can build two DIY at Mania because, like I said, really feels like they're building DIY to be that top tag team. That's at least the reports I've read that Hunter is super high on DIY. Well, he's always been high on Gargano and Ciampa. So I think that's where we're going with DIY as the top tag team taking the titles at Mania from Judgment Day. Okay, Uh, interesting. But but let's let's move on to the other non-chamber match. The match that I think is going to headline the show, Rhea Ripley and Nia Jax. Carl, I know you had some opinions on this last night, but OMD, I want to hear your thoughts on this match. I'm intrigued to see it, to be honest. Um, With Naya's improvements in ring, is she going to be able to hang with Rhea? I still have Rhea retaining. Um, And Rhea will drop at WrestleMania. Um. But I'm interested to see, is it going to be an actual, you know, are we going to get 10 to 12 minutes of action in this match? Or is it going to be they hit each other with their finishers for five minutes and then it's over? Not if you're doing Rhea in the main event in Australia. Mm, But Carl, what do you you think? Rhea is definitely keeping this championship. I don't believe in anything that Nia Jax does. Um, Has she stepped up a little bit? Sure. Sure, I will give her that. Um, But I just have no investment in Mm -hmm. this matchup at all. 
I, I, they haven't gotten me invested into it. I don't feel invested in it. I feel like it's just, eh, whatever. And maybe that's because it's Nia Jax and I am not a huge Nia Jax fan. Um, but I don't know. It just, this matchup is doing nothing for me. So, yeah. Yeah, so you got Rhea taking it. And like you said, you felt like there, you also said, I believe last night that you felt that there was like no heat to the feud, right? Well, not that there's no heat to the feud because I mean, they've, they've been able to play enough of that. It just didn't do anything for me. It just, Mm -hmm. it didn't draw me in. Didn't get me excited. Yeah. And see, that's the problem I have with this build too, is that I was looking for Rhea to get her comeuppance or to get her uh, revenge because Naya attacked her two, three weeks in a row and we didn't get anything out of that, but a promo that she uh, stifled Naya in last night. I feel like she should have uh, came out and attacked <laughs> Naya when Naya was attacking everybody else in the women's chamber. I feel like we should have gotten something from that from Rhea. Mm-hmm. But I've got Rhea taking this win. But this match is going to be is kind of the culmination for everything that Naya has been doing over the past six months. That this whole build to act, her actually being put in the main event spot. Now this match is a test to see if she can hang and bang in the main event spot. True. Very, very mm-hmm. true. And it could be a little more down the road where, you know, she finally does win that championship. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this is a test to see if she can do it. If she can, yeah. you know, draw. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's all I can say about this match as well. Why don't we move on to the women's elimination chamber match? This match has a lot of heat to it. And I'm really looking forward to it. Um, the Women's elimination chamber Featuring Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, Tiffany Stratton, Naomi, Raquel Rodriguez. The winner getting a shot at the Women's World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania. Who do you guys got taking this one? OMD, say those names again for me a little slower. Who Who's in that matchup? Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan. Tiffany Stratton, <laughs> Naomi, and Raquel Rodriguez. So for those so of you listening cool. on audio only, the only name that I smiled for was Liv Morgan. There is my pick. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, I think the way they've been beating around it since the WrestleMania press conference, it's going to be Becky. I hope not. Um, I'd love to see Tiffy win it, but she's not ready for that spot yet. I do give her the I give her the Iron Woman spot in the chamber. Mm. Um but I'm gonna take I'm gonna go with Becky to win it. I mean each woman uh actually does have their own claim for wanting this shot at Rhea. You've got Bianca, who wants to keep her uh, WrestleMania streak alive. 
by going mm-hmm. into Mania and winning a championship, which she has done at the past, what, three WrestleManias now? Yep. Right. Hmm. Um, We've got Becky, who's looking to make her st- sort of comeback to that upper echelon, to that top spot by taking out Rhea Ripley or at least wanting to get to that top spot. We've got Tiffany Stratton, who's the new co- who's the newcomer. We've got Raquel Rodriguez, who's she's just. I don't want to say that she's just a body in the match, but she's out to prove herself that she can do it on her own. And we've got the same thing in Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan's got that storyline where it's like she gets involved in the big matches, but she can't win the big one. So I've got two picks for this one, and I know Chris Parrish has called this a cop-out, but I've got Becky or Liv Morgan, either one of the two, winning the match. I just basically laid out everybody's claim to winning this match. <laughs> Pretty much. You did. All right. <laughs> you did. And and for me, not just because I'm a fan of Liv Morgan, but because of what they've been doing with her, because of these vignettes, because of the heel Liv Morgan that we are essentially getting right now. It doesn't feel heel though, too. It feels like tweener to me, you know? Just wait. Watch her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm still going to be a fan of her regardless. (laughs) Yeah. But this, Mm -hmm. for four matches, uh, these chamber matches, I I feel like are going to, they're going to give them at least 45 to 50 minutes a piece. Yes. And there was one other one other segment you are forgetting, and that is the Grayson Waller effect with Cody yeah, but how Rollins can you, and Seth Rollins. How can you make a prediction on a talk show? Very easily, because that is where the bloodline interferes, and that's where we get Cody and Seth versus Solo and Jimmy in a tag match. That's why they're not going to get involved in the chamber hmm. you're not going to get the rock and roman but you'll get solo and jimmy versus cody and seth then in that case you might want to have jay uso show up given what happened to jay on smack on raw last night yes so if that were the case then you might want to get a third bloodline member or someone who's not a part of the bloodline yet. Somebody who's set to come to the WWE. Someone who's coming from New Japan. Japan isn't that far. I'm talking about Tamatonga. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. He's a he's got because New Japan's popular in Australia as well. Yes. So he's got a bit of that cachet to show up in that segment if that were to happen. Yeah. Interesting. I never yeah. thought about Tomatonga. Yes. I always think about him. He's one of my favorites over in New Japan. So that sounded <laughs> creepy. It was meant to be creepy. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I, I, I really think that uh, this is going to be a decent show. I mean. Stacked card, the wrestlers on this card have earned their spot into these matches. Mm-hmm. I agree. But other than the 
well what do you guys hear what Jax, do you guys think though, i don't know she hasn't earned yeah. nothing in my respect but what do you guys think is going to be the match of the night Ooh, see that's uh, i love the elimination chamber it is when it first came into inception i loved it it is still my favorite gimmick pay-per-view that there is love mm-hmm. the freaking elimination chamber but that tag team match has a lot to give as well so i wouldn't be surprised if that tag team match gives us match of the night okay yeah absolutely i i can see 100 percent where you're coming from i am going to go with the women's chamber as the match of the night okay uh, oh i'm having a hard time now because carl you brought up some good points about that tag team match that tag team match okay i'm gonna call that tag team match the sleeper match of the night the hidden gem as we uh called uh which match was it at uh vengeance day oh the obafemi match yeah uh, <clears> hmm <throat> With Dragon Lee. We called that the hidden gem match. That's going to be my hidden gem match, the tag team title match. My match in the night, I'm with OMD, going to be the women's elimination chamber match. But now I got to pose this question, this next question onto you guys. Which match opens the show? Because we know Rhea and Naya are probably going to close the show. Open it with the Grayson Waller effect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you could still start it off with a bang with uh, Cody and Seth in there. Yep. Yep. Or, or you're going to start it off with the tag titles. I say start yeah. it off with one of the chambers. But it would you would probably have to then start it off with the women's chamber because yeah. you're going to do let's say the women's chamber, then you'll do the tag match. Then you do the men's chamber, and then you finish out the night with the women's championship match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that gives that good balance. Then we're not looking at men, men, women, women. Yeah. Right. And then you could uh, finish that night off with uh, Rhea holding the title high. Whoever wins the women's chamber comes out, stands on the apr- uh, stands on the uh, the stage, and just does that WrestleMania sign point and then points at Rhea and they're like, I got you at mania. Right. Bobby says uh men's elimination chamber match. He thinks is going to be the opener. And I could see that. I definitely yeah, could as well. I could. And I would put the Grayson Waller effect in the perfect spot in between the four matches. So you have two matches, Grayson Waller effect, two matches. Yeah. Perfect booking right there. <laughs> That's just personal thought on that one. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, what do you say? Uh, we're almost an hour and 10 minutes into the show. Hour, hour and eight minutes closer. What do you say? We say I do have out? a topic I want to ask your guys' thoughts on. And this happened oh. this past weekend. Make sure Albany. it's pro wrestling related, though. It is. I don't want to hear anything about any nudity on you. 
No, no. Okay. But this is pro wrestling related okay. and pro wrestling wrestling at at a dynasty event in Albany, New York this past weekend. Okay. Saw the return of one Velveteen Dream. Okay. Um What what like, um, did something happen? Yes, Was he there... actually got back into the ring, competed. Okay. Um, so I just want your thoughts on this because they did not announce that he was booked for the show. They kept it a surprise. Okay. For him. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Cool. Good for him. Good for Patrick. Yeah, um, I mean, know, like, yeah. Yeah. So, Parrish say it wasn't Velveteen Dream. It was Patrick Clark. So there. Yes. <laughs> um. I'm actually happy that he came back. Um, he 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 did say he had a passion for the sport of wrestling, right? So he he got everything squared away. He cleaned himself up. He fixed. He got himself in a in a better mental state. I suppose we could say. Let's hope this continues. Let's just hope he just he doesn't go to the big leagues right away. He doesn't go to AW WWE. TNA. Right. right. Have him stick around in the indies to gather that seasoning a little bit. He didn't need much of the seasoning, to be honest with you. No, he didn't. Um, um, because like leading up to this, the last time he had been booked on a show, there was such a backlash when it was announced that he was going to be there that they had to cancel his booking. Yeah, because it was too soon to the controversies that he was dealing with at the time. And that was still 18 months after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, and I mean, here we are now. Uh, I mean, we're probably what three years removed from all of this, and they didn't announce his booking and let him come as a surprise to the fans in attendance. So then, my question is, how did the fans that were there in attendance react to seeing Patrick Clark? It didn't say in the article it's i happened to actually watch a video of it and there was a pop for him yeah there was a pop yeah yep. okay so then screw whatever anybody else wants to say this man has a passion for the business this man has a passion for the sport of professional wrestling and is trying to do what he can to make it it back into the business after all the controversial crap that happened with him Okay, cool. Cool. So how much controversial crap, and I'm just putting this out there for, for everybody, how much controversial crap has there been with, let's say, Vladimir Putin, or let's say, you know, uh, Donald Trump, right? right, Or let's say any of these other celebrities and stars that people are like, ooh, but we still want to see them. Okay, cool. Their controversy means absolutely nothing when it comes to seeing them, let's say, on the silver screen yeah. or on the big screen or on your television screen or on your telephone screen. It don't matter. 
no. what happens in their personal life is their personal life, whether it was real, not real, controversial, whatever the hell, don't matter. This person has a passion. Let this person fulfill their passion. Until it gets to a point, and I'm going to say this, until it gets to a point where it is now hurting others. Right. Which is then where mm. issues can come in. Yeah, because right? I was going to say, like, nobody's clamoring to go watch a Harvey Weinstein movie based off the stuff he's done. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. right. Exactly, exactly, right? Until it gets to the point where it is now detrimental to others. Patrick Clark wrestling is not detrimental to what people are doing. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying. Hot well take. said, Carl. Well said. Well said. And a very hot take considering the names, some of the names he did mention, but um, right. I'd vote for let's... Trump. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm just going to keep my mouth shut because I, I keep my political stuff to myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what do you say we uh, hand out those socials? We're about an hour or close to an hour 13 now into the show. Let's uh, start it off with you, OMD. Where can the people find you? We can do the people can find me on the Book of Faces under my name, Daniel Horisic. On Snapchat, One Man Dynamic, capitals on OMD, on Twitch, OMD17, and on Discord at OMD6370. When they want to see the moneymaker, they can catch me right here every Monday night with the Raw Patrol, including you two gentlemen. Right here every Tuesday night, again, with you two gentlemen doing Turnbuckle Talk. Thursdays, actually, this coming Thursday will be the last Thursday for the Boar's Nest at 8 o'clock. And then we move to Sunday nights at, I believe, the 7.30, 8 o'clock time slot for the Boar's Nest. With myself and Bubba Duke. So if somebody's right. going to try to look you up on Facebook, how do you even spell horrific? H-R-Y... CYK. Yeah, because I, I got to admit, dude, anytime I've tried to look for you on Facebook, I have a hard time. And I've known you almost 25 years. So, <laughs> no, geez, it, it, no, it's going to be 25 years this summer, actually. Yep. <laughs> um, Carl, a man who I've known for close to 25 years. Where can the people look for you? Well, scrolling down at the bottom first, you have got the Redbubble account that is there, which is our merchandise store, carlcarafel.redbubble.com. That is K-A-R-L-K-A-R-U-F-E-L dot redbubble.com. You can find a number of different Turnbuckle Studios merchandise over there, including stuff from Turnbuckle Talk, Boar's Nest, uh, beats and beat downs, um, raw watch alongs, um, merchandise, which we're going to, you know, change up a little bit for, uh, uh, you know, different reasons. We're going to be changing things up. So watch along stuff is going to be kind of being removed and we're going to add in raw patrol merchandise into there mm. in the very near future. Um, if you want to find me, though, on any of my socials, you can look for my link tree. I made everything real nice and simple. 
L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Carl Carafel. That is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash K-A-R-L-K-A-R-U-F-E-L. Yeah, that my cat uh, clicked uh, the link tree, so she showed me how to correct it there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, all right, so now we've got me. You can find me at youtube.com at chrisdamage83, twitch.tv, cbrs underscore entertainment, threads.net, at cbestfilms83, facebook.com, chris.best83, tiktok.com, cbrs.entertainment. You can look for me every Saturday night doing Saturday Night Gaming. We're going to be doing part two of uh, Uncharted 2. And as I said last night, I left Nate in a very sticky situation. Will I be able to get him out of it? We'll find out. Monday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, doing the Raw Patrol alongside OMD and Carl Carafel, Chris Parrish, Bubba Duke. You can also look for me Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern alongside OMD and Carl Carafel. I said 8 p.m. Eastern. I meant to say 8.05 p.m. Eastern for Turnbuckle Talk. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for tuning in. Carl, what's that saying you usually say every week? Every week we make sure to remind everybody that the world's a scary place. Take care of each other. <laughs>